Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is an artist whose work has appeared in the likes of The Venture Brothers, Steven Universe, and Bird Girl, and is also I'll Be Dawn in Real Tales of Magic. It's Carly Minardo. Well, Welcome hello. To the show. Thank you so much for having me. We are delighted to have you here. Delighted. I'm I'm already having an amazing time. <laughs> We've been here for an hour talking about dogs. That's been great. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really special topic because Mm. we've had like one particularly noticeable but legally not this thing on our artwork since episode one, (laughs) and it's the first time someone's actually even thought to mention it. Please tell us everything about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, everything you need to know. Uh, everything you need to know. Everything you need to know about Final Fantasy. From your VII. perspective, as how old you were when you played it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was uh, I was fourteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when it came, came out. Came out in nineteen ninety seven. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was exactly I was fourteen on the button, or yeah, I was thirteen. And nobody cares about this. <laughs> I'll tell you how many a days teen. old I was. You were a yeah. teen. I was yeah. a teen. I was a <laughs> yeah. wee teen. And um, a friend of mine uh, who went from eighth grade into, sorry, so like end of, um, end of, I guess, primary school into high school together, um, she introduced us to it. And I, I think I, I read a lot of um, video game magazines at the time because mm. I was obviously very much an arbiter of what was cool. <laughs> And so I a believe I even I was a gatekeeper. I was a 14 year old gatekeeper. Um, and I had uh, I remember having a demo disc, um, which, Alan, you, you've probably played up to this point. It gets you through like the first Mako reactor. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The longest opening sequence yeah. in the world. So long. <laughs> Exposition, you say. <laughs> yeah. Um, this game has it. Uh, and I was not interested in RPGs at the time, um, if you can imagine. And um, <laughs> I was like, sure, I'll give this a try. And really did not expect to be so consumed by it. But um, played the demo. Then before I knew it, the game just appeared in my hands. Somehow, I don't even remember how it got there. I just like I had the game and I was playing you know, I think it was 60 hours at least that mm. game because it was at the time three discs long. So that's the first thing you have to know is this game was three discs long. Um, stunning, stunning achievement. And hard, I think only played, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. It's not, a, it's not a, a soft vibe through Midgar and the surrounding <laughs> like gr- grasslands. No. It's not a chill 80 hours or 60 hours. I'm like, it took yeah. me 80 hours. So it I'm like, was oh, probably 80 hours. <laughs> um, like, it's yeah. a grind. A grind. A ve- very robust gaming experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just the, the aesthetic really appealed to me. It was, I think it was like very eye-opening for me in, in a lot of ways that probably aren't even like conscious for me anymore. But what, uh, no, that wasn't Yoshitaka Amano doing artwork for this one. He had done, he had done artwork for previous Final Fantasies, but. It was Yusuke Naora and Tetsuya Nomura. Yes. And Tetsuya Nomura did the character design. That's the one, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the artist that, that like, gosh, what a, what a footprint that artist had mm. on my like teenage psyche. I think about it now, like, um, it took me a long, so I'm, I'm, I'm by happy pride everybody took me a long time to come out and when I look back and I think of all the like 
long-haired Sephiroths, like femme-looking men, male characters. Like Carly, Fantasy, I yeah. feel like I'm hearing my own internal <laughs> monologue back. Yeah, at. it's like how many of these guys like, do you have to like? How many of these drawings do you have to look at a little too long before you realize? Just examining that? a jawline, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just, just spending hundreds taper. of euros. So hundreds yeah. of euros as an adult trying to achieve a perfect Sephiroth while not being able to say those words to a hairdresser in case they ask you to leave. Yeah. yeah. How many wall scrolls do you have to import into your childhood bedroom? With oh, just man, the, there was the, nothing like, back then. There was nothing. There was nothing. You know? 11 heads tall, Vincent Valentine, just this weird looking. Vincent. Jesus. <laughs> Haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? Well, you're going to hear it a lot during this recording. But, Great. Um, but yeah, it really just had, um, it really just opened my eyes to it. Uh, like, it expanded my kind of pop cultural world in a really fun, exciting way. The game is so engrossing. Um, and like, I just think there were a lot of little footholds for teenagers at the time to sort of have uh, have a chance to, to be shaped a little bit, you know, when you're like trying to like figure out who who am I? Like, I'm in a new I'm in a new school. This is a new part of my life. What am I interested in? Am I interested in very tall men with one claw and long hair? Yes. Um, <laughs> And it was just like, there there are all these, you know, are you an heiress person or are you a Tifa person? Are you an outlier? Um, How do you feel about Yuffie? Come on. I love you know? Yuffie. Love Yuffie. Yes. Love her. Yeah. You know? Love her. Love all like, the hidden characters. There was the scope <laughs> of the cast was so cast broad. Was huge. Yeah. That you could kind of nook yourself away into one of them. Like if, you're direct, if your reflection wasn't mm-hmm. directly in front of you. Because <laughs> like I presume for many teenage boys, Cloud Strife was a fairly accurate, whingy, re- whingy reflection. But yeah. there was a broad enough yeah. Scott Jesus. He's like, not particularly likable. In in like God, okay, so uh, full disclosure, I've paid the first fourteen hours of the game. Okay. I tried my best to get as far as I could into it. Pretty sure I got lost more than I was actually in the right place. Oh you're in the desert. <laughs> you got past the golden the saucer, back. didn't you? Yes, I just got packed to Nibelheim as of last oh night. Oh wow, so, yeah, Nib- yeah. Nibelheim so, is yeah. a very what a time. What a time to be alive. Anything after um, the golden, there's sort of a spate after the golden saucer, which is a bit intense, it's a bit grindy, it's a bit hard before the plot mm. kind of pops back up again. Because you're just mm. after this sort of technicolor nonsense, you mm-hmm. know, and campery mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it takes a minute for it to kind of come back in or something, totally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't no, know. I died last night and I was like, I think that might be as far as I get with the game. But then I read the rest <laughs> of the plot tonight, today, and I was like, no, I'm actually going to see what's happening. Yeah, like, I it think it sounds yeah. really cool. I, it's, yeah. And I, I, I'm trying to remember other RPGs at the time because, like, like I said, this was my first one, and so I'm trying to remember if the earlier heroes of the Final Fantasy series were mute or if they did speak. Like, I, I, I certainly played plenty of games where the main character just didn't talk and was talking. Like Link, at. Link was yes. the back of the head, you know. Like, a Link was yes. gender ambivalent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for me as a child, I was like, eh, that's a child. That's me. That's I yeah. don't know what you are. I'm, you know, yeah. um, there's a lot of very interesting stuff like that in Zelda, whereas mm-hmm. Cloud was very much like a young dude, right? Yes. And he talked mm. and he said mean shit and he did a lot of three dots. And I think within the <laughs> a general... A lot of three dots. <laughs> a lot of three dots. Like, but within the general, I had to go back and kind of investigate Final Fantasy VII or Final mm. Fantasy as a franchise because like the discs just arrived for me, somebody's brother, you know, they just show up. Same, um, yeah. They kind of get past you like a weird talisman. You might like this. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. um, oh, how right they were. Uh, but all the <laughs> earlier Final Fantasies were quite kind of, 
Like fucking swords and sorcery, right? Whereas yes. Final Fantasy VII is dystopian. Yes, and what's remarkable about that is if you had if you had tried to pitch me on it and said, well, we have these that are sword and sorcery and this that's dystopian, I'd say, keep the dystopian thing away from me. Give me the sword and sorcery stuff. Um, dystopian future is like very <laughs> too anxious a person to fully enjoy it most of the time. <laughs> um, but I don't know. There was just enough. There were enough trappings. The I mean, I feel like the 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 genre of um, Final Fantasy VII. That's the first time I've heard someone say like, "Oh, it's dystopian." And when you say that, I'm like, "Of course it is." It's but about it, ecofascism. Like it's about yeah. people who are just like, "I'm going to explode this entire city because like fuck these people draining the earth." Like, yeah, it's complicated. Going back to it as an adult, and in twenty the year I went back and played a bit of it last year, I was like, "Well, this hits different." Yeah, it's very different, and especially if you play the uh, the re not the remake, yeah, the remake. Oh, yeah, I wasn't mad on it, man. Okay, we should talk about the remake. I have, yeah. I have, yeah. I actually, I liked, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I, but, there were some uh, things I found very warming, but I found it mm-hmm. slightly humorless. And something I loved about the first one was that it was I think it could have been the way that it was it looked visually you know I um, love how I still love how it looks yeah um, like it's it, it's playful or something it's very playful it was um and that's maybe what kept the safe distance between me and like the dystopian nature of it was mm. just they looked like little blocks cli- like little clay dolls you know mm-hmm. um but I really uh, on like a kind of like technical wonk aspect of things I I really liked how the characters were 3d sprites but the the backgrounds were like painted mm-hmm. um they were like matte paintings and have to say just to touch on that remake again very briefly having live environments was a beast to try to navigate i was like i've spent hours and hours i've spent years of my life playing the original <laughs> i know yeah. my way around uh, wall market. No, sure you don't. don't know my way around this wall market. <laughs> Not this wall. Full of kids. It's full of give like, me, oh, give me one funny. landmark, please. I like <laughs> just keep the cam, keep the camera. I don't need to be immersed. I'm fine. I'm fine with a little bit of space. But yeah, it was. I really thought that was cool. And then when Xenogears came out, they did like the reverse. They had the 2D sprites and then the 3d backgrounds which uh did not work there were a lot of blind spots for that camera where you would be like on one floor of a two floor structure and you just wouldn't see your character because there was a it's stairway like pressing left and hoping <laughs> yeah. for the best yeah, yeah. like yeah maybe yeah. there's a door here i don't know but um gosh i, ne- I mean i'm just all over the place because final fantasy 7 just has it's huge it's like huge, it's emotionally huge it's artistically it's huge it's emotionally huge, huge. Like, like you said, the cast is enormous. There are so yeah. many things you could you could have you could have three people in a group play the the game at the same time in their lives and have very different gaming experiences. And that was a brand new thing for me. I I at the time was very very into tournament fighting games. So I loved Street Fighter. I loved mm-hmm. um, loved Soul Edge, and then like Soul Calibur was obsessed with those. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. all of those us, yeah. were huge for me. Um, Marvel versus Capcom. Oh my goodness, not a podcast one. episode worth of stuff to talk about <laughs> for me. But I, gosh, bits, I loved though. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really loved. I really loved those games, and I think there was a part of me that, I, you know, I was not surprisingly, I was a nerd. I was not a cool person, but I think there was a 
a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm tough. I like fighting games. And then like, and then it's like, no, you like RPGs. You like and the storytelling like, bit. You like, like I like the storytelling. I love the storytelling and the interactions between the characters. And this was the first game I had ever played where the way you behaved with certain characters affected the story. Almost like yeah. real life. Yeah, <laughs> that your choices, you, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the experience, like I played a lot of Zelda growing up. Like I'm a real diehard uh, Zelda head. And mm-hmm. Link's silence was lovely because it allowed me to psychically Project, sort of do yeah. the story. Yeah, I that all happened to me in, in my own head and that's fine. I didn't need to uh, select text in any capacity. The silence mm-hmm. of it was lovely for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas navigating cloud's shitty arrogance and as close i believe that all video games should have a dating aspect i don't give a fuck what game it is i want to date a hundred percent in the urban yes. lord 2021 post stardew valley there's absolutely no excuse for me not to be able to date every single other character in the cast whatever bottom line we don't care really, what kind of game we it really is. are forming a bond today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this happens about once every like sort of 40 or 50 episodes i'm like oh look a beetle recognizes another yeah. beetle you know yeah <laughs> But, uh, Hands reaching through the camera. Just yeah. be like, hello, friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no excuse for me not to be let able to date Let me romance someone, please. Just <laughs> let me romance somebody. Just one of these people. It's not all of them. No excuse. Hire a writer. Get some more dialogue trees going. I want to date this person. Like, I want to know what my approval rating is. What do I have to bring oh, yeah. them? What is yeah. the gift I have to bring to, to open <laughs> something emotional? Do you want an emerald, bitch? Do you want a gun? Like, I'll get you either. <laughs> emerald or gun? I have both. I'm gonna save before I give you one of them, so I know which one's the right one, and then the that's two genders: be the game I emerald and gun. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but like, the, there was all these little secrets. You could get it so yes. wrong that you ended up on a date with fucking Barrett. Do you know? <sighs> like, you, but you could know, really get it wrong. You know, that's wrong. Which you great know? date. That that that's that was a fun thing where I told a friend of mine. I was like, you know, if you really play your cards right, you can go on a date with Barrett. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, you can go on a date with Barrett. At the time, I was just so like, like I had something to prove. I was like, Tifa. I don't know. And I think that was like, I think that was some like, <laughs> this is a weird thing to, this is a weird thing to talk about in this context. But like, was it a little bit of. Uh, uh, internalized misogyny that like the, the 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 very soft feminine heiress was like I couldn't get down with her but like Tifa I was like she's one of the guys <laughs> I want to be like Tifa like okay it's a female <laughs> she friend. wears short skirts <laughs> gonna be great yeah. yeah yeah totally yeah like yeah. absolutely and I think that that binary being enforced is really interesting with those mm-hmm. two love interests that one is like this sort of it's a it's almost it's almost a virgin in the whore Yes. Right? Yeah. Almost that dichotomy, right? It actually is. is. It kind (laughs) of is the version. Given what happens to poor Tifa and bleeding Don Carnet. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's. It's fairly, Mm. fairly intensely kind of. There was the sex. There's like the sexy one and then there was the romantic one. And I don't. I don't. To be fair to the game, I don't think that was. I don't think that was all of it. But I do think that's. I think what I was picking up on was that interpretation of it through the eyes of other adolescents absolutely i think leah yeah. alexander was the video game writer i don't think she writes about video games anymore i know she's gone on to do other things but it might have been leah alexander before gamergate there was a lot of really great personal writing from women about video games there was sort of a mm-hmm. moment where women were like doing the thing where they were talking about growing up with video games and it was very sharply kind of 
stopped and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's restarted again quite at the same culture that it was uh, Leigh Alex I think it was Leigh Alexander wrote this piece called I was a teenage misogynist and oh wow I should read I that. was it's I, I must still be out there because yeah. it's that very thing of finding these characters in these hyper masculine backgrounds and be like I don't like the pink one yeah mm. yeah I like the one who punches you know right. and it took me years to be like actually <laughs> fucking picking flowers and shit it's way more fun. beautiful beautiful I like that for me you know and yeah if I'm going to be honest more suited towards that than I am <laughs> slinging pints combat. you know yeah. punch yeah. people like eh. I think I could do with the flowers in the church a little bit more, you know. But yeah, equally, Eris so. as or Eric Erith, Eris. Um yeah. uh, much debate still over how to say her name. Um, I know, and then the remake picked a side, which you gotta respect. The remake was like it's TH. TH, yeah. How I watched dare this you? this is brilliant. I was telling Alan earlier on about my favourite ambient deep dive to put on in the background of of just you know, everything is a, a game critic called Tim Rogers has mm. this uh, video has a series on YouTube called Let's Mosey, which is he's fluent in Japanese, lived there for a long time. Oh, so wow. he looks at the Japanese t- translation of Final Fantasy VII and looks at mm. the English translation of Final Fantasy VII, which was brought through via spreadsheet. So that's why it's wonky. Um, it was not translated oh, in sequence. Wow! Wow! Yeah. And he corrects some of the things that might have fallen through the gaps. So in the original translation, and we see a oh bit of it gosh. in the reboot, Aerith was, or Erisu, Aerith was kind of funny. She was yes. sort of silly. Yes, and kind she of, was. She yeah. was funny. Yeah. Yeah. She was sort of uh, playful, right? Mm-hmm. And flirty. And she that cat's a bit lost. Yeah. And I think the fact that she was, in quotes, older than, than Cloud and Tifa, mm. like what was she like? Cloud and Tifa are like that special magic age of 21 where everything in the world happens to you. New adult. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And then Eris was like 23. <laughs> and she was, <laughs> she was a, she was a businesswoman. She was a business she she was, entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> she was an entrepreneur. She had her flower basket and she knew things that those two didn't know. And like no, she, did not. Mm. she was like teasing Cloud from that, which feels now very real to me of like, I'm, two years older than you honey i know things <laughs> like, yeah. like oh little like soldier boy look at yeah, you oh, it's oh you're so that mad you think that. Mm-hmm. yeah and also just the the yeah i mean so so alan you were saying that you you've you've read up i don't i, I was going to say i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but this this is now 20 years old yeah so i think we can do spoilers game. so we yeah, can yeah, do spoilers yeah. so so eris yeah. um one of the love interests for the protagonist cloud she dated another uh, soldier in Soldier, the organization that Cloud was a part of, that Cloud, who Cloud, whose identity Cloud sort of assumed, and like knowing that, it's very interesting to sort of review Eris's early interactions with him as like, oh, she knew, she like, she was way more knowing than perhaps I realized at the time. Like she kind of understood that there was something fishy about about his story and about the similarities between him and her previous boyfriend, Zach. The mysterious Zach, who we don't really... Zach, the name that... <laughs> the name that if you're, if you're thinking of like a super mysterious guy, you go with Zach. End of the alphabet, um, yeah. Yeah. You can see a little bit more of it in the ill-fated Advent Children, which I was obsessed with, which is the film. You and just have contains, to. You just have to see the, the renderings of these faces, though. Oh my you God. Have to, for, for the first time... I watched that film 
crowded around my friend Lauren who now lives in New Zealand and has lived there for a long time but I grew up with her um, and her older brother Graham had a PC in his bedroom and he had somehow in fucking like 2005 whatever year it was it came out acquired a copy on the computer of Advent Children like wow. myself and six of his friends stood not sat <laughs> stood <laughs> for an hour and a half around like like a an old computer monitor just yeah. with a tinny shitty mute now you can hear yeah. um i was gonna say angelo badalamenti not angelo badalamenti um <laughs> It's totally a different guy, but you can hear the famous piano scores and like oh, the sure. Nobio Matzo. You can hear yes. his amazing music oh, played in his music is incredible. Full orchestra, right? Which at that time would have been I fucking never heard that shit before. Like no. that fight the fight music played on piano in the church. Like that was I, I, I can remember it clear as a bell. So seeing yeah. the faces for the first time and yes. like the body. Especially for characters like, oh. that weren't that like didn't really get big cutscenes because yeah. like I said, we had these secret these hidden characters that were optional, but not really. You had to have them, which were Vincent you Valentine to. and Yuffie. Um and they even though they were like my favorites, I had them in my party all the time. Yeah. Yuffie's um, great. Yuffie was amazing. A ranged fighter, but it was melee. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, she was, ugh. and that whole story of, of Wu Tai and everything was very, very cool. Mm. Um, and Vince's yeah. story was huge, right? Vince's story was not like a little story. It was a fairly sizable, and it, he went on to have his own game. I didn't play that one. The, I didn't because it was a shooting game and I don't, yeah, I don't it, care. Like there's not enough story there for me, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But his mansion, oh my god! Like it was Everything. like going into a different game for a minute, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was like, do you want? Okay, so do you want gothic horror for a moment? <laughs> do you <Yeah>. want romance <laughs> for a moment? Yeah. Do you want tragedy? And I was like, yes, I want those things. <laughs> and they were like, red velvet, <laughs> candlelight, <laughs> vampires. Yeah. Do you want those things? <laughs> do you want the blood red eyes of a sexy killer? <laughs> you have a. <laughs> A lover trapped Palace. in a waterfall. <laughs> you have it all, baby. Here's Vincent Valentine. Oh, what Very a bummed you can't go on a date with Vincent. I know. What a name. Like, what a name. And you can't romance this man? You, you can't. can't give him an emerald or a gun? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> the opportunities for crack that you could have wrung out of that and you just left us. You just left us in the wind with our fan fiction, etc. Yeah, with our fan you know? fiction. And boy, like boy did i read fan fiction and boy did i a chaste youth not knowing what i was doing order like doujinshi magazines wow from, next from level like, yeah <laughs> i was like i don't know what this is <laughs> feels great though it feels <laughs> great purchase. look at these beautiful drawings and like what but like also what a cool culture to be introduced to you know i didn't mm. understand that it was a fan culture that these were yeah. these were not like in quotes professional artists making this stuff although i could be wrong maybe doujinshi was uh i know that that was certainly like um a, there is a, a path for a lot of people artists. who didn't go on to yeah professional when i was in do, tokyo like, last year yeah. i was i saw some of the fan art like the the oh, wow. there's a mall um uh Broadway and I can't think it has a half a western name and um there's a whole store there are whole stores multiple stores dedicated to people's fan art and fan art books so that's I walked so cool. in I was like that's a straight up fucking Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> Sherlock manga right there oh my gosh that is right in front but of me that I can touch with my hand 
You know, there's a lot to love about that. It's so interesting how different the the fan art, art culture is. At least my perspective of it in Japan versus here in the states. Um, I feel like a little so bit by little bit, it's becoming more legitimate because so many fan artists are working collaboratively to build games and yeah like i mean toby fox who put undertale out um started out by making a fan game of earthbound and developed this huge following via this earthbound fan situation do you know so i think it's happening in communities that we can't see well i think yeah and i think the thing about this is a this is obviously a tangent but i think the thing about um doing fan works is that it's kind of just like here's my technique and here's here is a property that you already know that has its own cash and so I think what I often say about like getting hired is like make it easy for the people that are looking for you and like show them what they should like show them that you can do the job that they're hiring for Mm -hmm. and it just takes a lot of guesswork out if they're like they don't have to say yes to your character design. They're like, oh, it's Batgirl. Like, I know what she looks like. Good job drawing her. <laughs> Come on, like, let's work together. <laughs> you've, um, pre- you've shown us what you can do, literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the fan culture around Final Fantasy VII. So my other big, uh, <laughs> my other big thing that I almost put on my list to talk to you about that I didn't was Team Rocket from uh, Pokemon. That was a big. (laughs) (laughs) No, go back. Oh, God. Sarah, go back. (laughs) Um, Team Rocket. And that was like the first, that was the first (laughs) fan culture I was so deeply in. Oh, my God. Same. I (laughs) was a child. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like even on our Pokemon episodes. Uh, yeah. I guess said basically Team Rocket was what made her realize she was bisexual. Team Rocket to both of them. Oh we're my tight. god. So who is this person? <laughs> person? Our friend Roxana. Yes, Should we start? We're going to call Roxana yeah. and be like, we're going to have to start our own Team Rocket. We're man. all That's Sephiroth clones and we all. <laughs> <laughs> James, a bit of a Sephiroth, can we just say? Oh, He's yeah. A bit yeah, of yeah, a Sephiroth. Spiky shit. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. The like, middle I, part. Psh, yeah. Live for it. Live for it. As I get older, especially, I'm like, you're both just great. You're both doing a great job, you know, <laughs> lovely. Um, and the, the fan work around them was absolutely brilliant. I was 11, I had no taste, but it fulfilled me. Yes, <laughs> it same. fulfilled me. I yeah. had I had such a I had such a like fascination for that was like that was, you know, so I'm, I'm a um, I'm a twin uh, and we grew up loving a lot of the same stuff. But it was interesting to see the um the spaces that we each carved out for ourselves that were different and for me team rocket was like such a big thing we both loved final fantasy 7 but we had different my sister loved cloud and i'm just gonna say this my sister's straight she loved cloud (laughs) me not straight give me vincent give me sephiroth i'm just saying there's something there um but uh (laughs) but um it was very interesting to like see and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier with like the scope of the game and the expanse of it and how you can find your own little niches within mm. that game of just like here are two twins <laughs> this is as controlled an experiment as you get two yeah. identical twin sisters playing the same game who like who did they have in their party like what side quests did they like and then like yeah we were both very fascinated by the the culture around it 
going and this was early days on the internet but you know yeah. what could you find online and not as much like it was yeah. it was scant it was sort of geocity to geocity it was yes. hoping that you would fall mm. into like a, a ring of websites and be like okay mm-hmm. now this is where all the pokemon people are but then mm-hmm. one of them might be a team rocket fan blog so you could go through there and find the mm-hmm. rest of them mm-hmm. you know and it was like that with everything where you could but, find these little yeah. portals it took ages yes. but i i there was something about that that made it so much feel so much more special to me than mm. like i i you know i certainly have had um obsessions pop culturally since then but it's not the same liking bts's music there's no mystery to it like i like i know we know everything about you know everything that they want you to know we know we we like there are videos of them reacting to their own videos (laughs) like they're very available for public consumption deeply meta like uh, the phenomenological kind of situation like the awareness is intense and the thing about final fantasy 7 that that I think I really think this was maybe the first one of the first times in my life this happened was like the hunt was part of the fun it was like there were just there was it was very much a quest it was like the hunt to to play the game and to find all the secrets within the game but also to like see where it existed outside of of those three discs (laughs) you know like (laughs) what else could you find um and it I mean it was it's iconic. It, it it did, I think, change. <laughs> this seems silly to say about a video game, but I think it changed a lot of people's lives. I uh, really I do th- think it did. I mean, yeah. like, I think it changed a lot of people's opinions about video games. Yeah. Yes. It's literary. I, I'm gonna really go it out on really a limb. Expanded, like, yeah. It's literary. Like, it's a very yeah. serious. Now, again, like the tra- I would really say to anybody who's who's w- enjoyed it to watch those videos about the translation because you can mm. see what's I'm there what's to. not there oh my god it's so good it's so good um but the storytelling is huge and mm-hmm. serious and nuanced mm-hmm. and there's loads of pockets of experience and it handles heavy shit like marlene you know like there's a lot oh, of gosh. stuff in there oh right? my gosh you know? like, yeah, bar- yeah. Like, there's a lot going on so you can there are places for you to explore emotionally that there really mm-hmm. isn't in the sort of in the sort of flatness of a lot of the big adventure stories. Like Zelda's yeah. great, but man, like it only goes so far. Or at the time, it only went so far. Like Hyrule Field ends here. Yeah, yeah. There's the tree wall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whereas Final yeah. Fantasy VII had a sort of it had a mysterious quality. You had a whole that, globe. Yeah. Oh my god, you had a whole globe and the mystery of it. Like there mm-hmm. were things that we would never fucking know. You you say yeah. the wrong thing, you go at the wrong place, you you know, like you pick up the wrong thing out of a vending machine, like you're you're done. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. it's it's a really it's big. It, it and, and I think for the time it was big. So something I've said I don't know if I said it on the on Juvenilia, but I feel like I say it socially all the time because I'm super <laughs> fun to be around. Is that um <laughs> so between between Pong, say, right, and today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is about in cinema where the first moving pictures got to Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So every so often in this house, we were like, this game is the fucking Citizen Kane of video games. <laughs> Do you know? Like, or Donald <laughs> County is the Citizen Kane of video games. Right? So in terms of like how work becomes artistic, how yeah. the point comes, like I write about video games a little bit and I'd like mm. to do it more, but I want to do it in a like, John Burgery ways of seeing way right because mm-hmm. I do think that they have moved p- beyond being a fucking toy and often when you're talking to people about trying to discuss yes. video games in a serious way they're like 
oh the toy with the buttons for children where you're a plumber uh work you know like that's genuinely the reception that i get i'm like no it's 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 a primary text you know yeah so getting to a point where you can speak about it critically and the way that it's developed is critical is it's a landmark in the history of an art form you know the citizen kane to be again very that's like a blunt instrument to kind of market Mm -hmm. time Mm-hmm. I know Final Fantasy 7 was a long time ago. Yeah. But I think whatever it is that appears someday and is the text mm-hmm. that makes people go, hold on. Yeah. Would not be able to exist without Final Fantasy 7. I think. Do you know? Yes. Like, that's I, Lumiere Brothers shit. Do you know? It, like, that's yeah. leaps and bi- bounds into something different from a flicking picture well way up. It's you know? so like, cinematic. Mm. Um, and I know that, um, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but the, the director of the game, he taught, he, that, I believe that was the, the word he used to describe mm. the like opening sequence where, <sighs> you know, you're like, you see Eris, she's looking through the, the materia and then yeah. pulls out and you get to see Midgar and it's, he wanted it to look very, very cinematic. And that feels so rote now because that's what every game I think is trying to be. That train clattering into the station yeah. in Midgar and you're mm-hmm. right in the middle. And then you're, you're in there, you're thrust yeah. into the action. It like, it really does set the pace in a way that I didn't appreciate as a child. Of, now it feels like, it yeah. feels modern, you know. Mm. Yes, it feels very modern, and it it really is. You know, we we talked about the immersiveness of mm. of of it. Um, it really is an immersive way to just say, like, here is a here is a universe that exists, and now welcome to it. And now mm. you got a job it. to do. Let's go. Yeah, modern yeah. games don't let you get into it as quickly as Final Fantasy VII does. It really throws you right in there. Yeah, like the game I keep coming back to when we're talking about this is Mass Effect. Um, yes yeah which is very similar in a lot of ways yeah and mass effect it takes you have to like wander around the ship talking to everybody before they let you get a gun <laughs> Whereas Final fancy you jump off a train and it does the spin and then the music starts and you have to fight yeah and then incredible you, so you know you know how to play the game within 25 seconds yeah like, it's nuts. i love that i just i just mm. yeah and and it's your first mission it's cloud's first mission with avalanche like they just it's very smart it's just and it's hostile right like the 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 way the story is told isn't like you a destined child will leave the forest Uh go to a church and talk to a princess like it's none of that man it's like fuck you do your job get money like what year was this like it was a really like 97 yeah, yeah. like it was a long that's spice girls time man that's a long time ago you know <laughs> when so, I, again one of the first things one of the characters says to you is like soldier huh don't like you and then like, like and it's like what's your name <laughs> like it literally goes from the character saying like fuck you too and what do you call yourself what do you like, call yourself yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're Ugh. you're set up in it very and like Final Fantasy VIII does this in a way that I feel like is not as no I have a big soft spot for Final Fantasy VIII. Can I can't say I've never played it. Never played uh, it. It's a pain in the arse and it takes ages to get going. In contrast to Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> it's a yeah. heritage piece. I would say. Uh, okay. I also I don't like any of the other Final Fantasy VII's as much as I like eight, but I only like eight because I played it at a particular time. Um, it's my teenage my teenage boyfriend and I read the whole thing to each other beginning to end and oh. it was cool it was a really cool thing to do and it still stands out as a very lovely time in my life yeah. um, Final Fantasy 10 is garbage water uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy 9 is weird and sad um, 7 is a classic and 8 is my favourite but 
in, in eight they do something similar with Squall. Mm. Squall fucking Leon Hart. Come on, spare me your character names, right? Come on, come, uh, come on, on no, give come it, on. give me more. Like he's a fucking gun. Bla- he's a gun that's also a sword. Called if the there gun was bla- ever like- a okay, can I say I had I used to because I was very much into the like sword and sorcery stuff. I used to draw. I just had I had. And this is part of what Final Fan- the impact Final Fantasy VII had on me was like I, I very much had several casts of sprawling fantasy adventures that I never wrote. Just like I just love doing the development of it. Um, and I would draw, I would design weapons in my like notebook. And mm-hmm. I had a design for a gun blade in my <laughs> in my high school notebook. And I saw I saw Final Fantasy VIII. And I was like. They beat me it's to over. it. It's done. <laughs> it's done. done. There goes Finished. my ticket to fame. I was going to get lifted out of high school right, right to... No. But no. They, they tried with him with that same broody shit as with Cloud. But it doesn't work. He's just no? a prick. It's not as... <laughs> like and I played. I tried to sit down and play it during the beginning of lockdown. I was like, I'm going to go and reimmerse myself. And I was like, this is actually well, just some dickhead teenager. Whereas with Cloud... There is something. Maybe it's nostalgia speaking, but I feel like Cloud is more compelling than Squall. Um, well, it's it's I so I don't know I don't know Squall's story, but there but but when you you know when you take a step back from the grander plot of Final Fantasy VII, it very much is about Cloud discovering mm-hmm. who he truly is. Yeah, mm. and you it's start war. By, it's about soldierhood, right? Yeah, and violence. Yes, like. and like <clears throat> it's about self identity. It's about um, hero worship. Li- hero worship. It's about the lies we tell ourselves. It's and all stuff that I think you probably connect to on a very primal level as a teenager that you're not mm. um, intellectualizing quite the same way. Mm. That maybe wasn't there for Squall. Um, they might have just. I no. don't. I don't know what his story was like. But no, it's just like he's yeah. in a fucking special school for fighters. Like it's <laughs> that's really reductive. But that's kind of it. Do you know? It's like it's it's not as compelling. Yeah. I've also played the first 10 hours of Final Fantasy 8 I played the first 10 hours of Final Fantasy games and then I die and then I stop like there's some there's so, some there's yeah. some hotties in Final Fantasy 8 right of course Quistis, there are Quistis is spice she's great the mean teacher with mean bayonetta glasses real fucking 2009 glasses do you know what I mean those little <laughs> shitty bayonetta glasses she's yeah. outwear no one else is um, oh yeah but there's a you know there's a good cast but it's not it's not mm-hmm. saving like and i think mm. when you pull back from all of those stories seven was a it, it's a landmark for a reason i think i didn't enjoy the reboot because i found it very self-serious okay you know and i think that's i think that's very much a. it's not even a trend at this point it's just sort of the lens that people seem to want the batman use. begins lens games yes. yeah, games aren't goofy anymore yeah really. unless they're explicitly comedy games like portal or something they mm-hmm. don't if they have jokes the jokes are bad yeah but yeah yeah and, and I think humor so funny. the mm. sense of humor in Final Fantasy 7 was so important yeah and it yeah. was it was again like it really hit that sweet spot for a teenager who is like I'm not a kid anymore so it was like a little more sarcastic the characters swore it was mm. blocked out with like mm. Little symbols, little symbols, but, little at signs, so etc. But, but I think that that levity and like fucking Cat Sith, like, come on, uh-huh. what the fuck was he doing? Oh there, my gosh! You know? Okay, so can like, we have to talk about Cat Sith. So I, yeah, so I didn't, I really didn't. He didn't appeal. Cat Sith wasn't hot. This is what you have to understand. <laughs> you could he not. Wasn't hot. I mean, you, I mean, you probably could if you were like dedicated enough. Yeah, yeah. actually, not obviously, like you know. Actually, in retrospect, Re- what's the guy's name who controls him? Reeves. 
Yeah. Reese could have yeah, been yeah, hot. Reese. Now that I'm in my now that I'm in my mid to late thirties, I'm like, Reese could have been hot. Shinra in general, I'm like, I could accommodate this. Yeah. These guys yeah. are awful. They're great. You're mean you're mean like high necked coats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. But you know? but so I I wasn't interested in him because what like the did not appeal to the hormones at the time. I didn't realize this, but that's that's what it was. Um but the story like his story is so fascinating. He's mm. this character who um is gosh the very very interesting starts off he's just this stuffed two stuffed animals <laughs> that a stuffed talk. animal going around on the other one's back which is lovely. exactly very cute yeah it's very cute but i was just not interested i had something to prove um <laughs> busy this, with my vampire <laughs> i was busy with my vampire and his waterfall but uh very interesting that like this character who's embedded in the enemy organization that is like destroying the planet um that has this like you know this i can get into tormented soul mm. who re- who realizes he's a part of something really wretched mm-hmm. that is trying to be on the side of the good guys um but sends out this like emissary that is a stuffed animal and then like you really feel it when something happens to doesn't his body get destroyed yeah he's for because he sacrifice he sacrifices himself, and they somehow make you believe that that stuffed animal was sacrificed instead of like just get a new one. But like, just buy a new one, man. It's it a toy. had a yeah. soul. Like that's. I think Final Fantasy is very good yeah. at it's good at little animals, you know. And this is something that kind of as I played yes. the other ones and didn't enjoy many of the other ones at all. Yeah. Like I was so excited about Final Fantasy X. I remember and mm-hmm. played about half an hour of it and was like, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> like I hate this and I still hate it like I, I Final Fantasy X 2 I fucking also hate that like it just I think it's because of the voiceovers you know I don't oh know that ruins it for me I don't that no talking it. like I they did it with Breath of the Wild as well I'm like Zelda no you're not English yeah and that's Shh, Zelda's that's not a Brit thing. you know that's a thing <laughs> no no, no. You not know? a colonialist but the thing no. is the thing, the <laughs> thing is the is alone <laughs> I think that's I think that was a really crucial intersection where the characters were not did not have voiceover mm. but they did speak and have very distinct voices. Voices. Mm. And yes. when I played the remake, I could not I was like I'm sorry. Great job everybody in the English voice cast. I can't listen to you. I have to like I had to listen to it with the Japanese voice track because I wasn't distracted Bit of distance. by yeah, yeah. It, I had to have that distance because there, it, as much as um, the characters weren't like total ciphers at all, they were very distinct. There was that desire to be able to project into them, and it was a little yeah. bit closer to reading a a book where, like, I know how these characters sound in my head. This is and my experience. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. personal and it's private. And I think that connects yeah. to what you're saying about the fandom aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So as somebody who is, I go through like years of being fucking mad obsessed with shit, but watch yeah. me say a word online. Like I simply <laughs> will not discuss it. I make Neon Genesis Evangelion jokes at the moment, but I won't mm-hmm. be going, I'm not going near any, I'm not going into where they're talking about it. Cause I don't want to know what other people think. I want to know what I think. And I yeah. think that goes back to being a teenager with the Team Rocket stuff and having to like yes. guard your privacy around that. Like, mm-hmm. like I would have, I was not a successful teenager. 
you know somebody asked me recently in a pair of work things like describe yourself as a teenager in three words and I was sitting there and I was was waffling and eventually landed on not well adjusted like that is that was a hard fucking time shit buzz beginning to end 19 was great everything up that was garbage but it was so the things I loved waiting it out would be my three words (laughs) there you go right just TikTok let's go come on when can I vote come on let me get here like I I think the privacy was so important and the sense of like this is mine this sounds like it sounds like to me so when you're hunting for like for want of a better word, content about <laughs> your <laughs> makes it sound really dark, doesn't it? My final <laughs> We didn't use content. that word back then. <laughs> a very newfangled word for fanfic. But like when you're like trawling around for a readable piece of fan fiction, you know, or mm. you were looking for <laughs> looking for pictures online. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're yeah. looking for what you needed to be fulfilled in a sort of an imaginative Mm. context, right? You were looking Mm -hmm. to meet your own experience in somebody else. It wasn't a broadcast. Yes. Yes. It was the thing you did by yourself. Yes. You know, and the reading things aloud matters as well because somebody else decided how cloud sounds. Somebody else decided Mm -hmm. how Barrett sounds. Oh, when I started playing it the other day, because I played like like maybe like the demo disc when Mm -hmm. I was like 14, I had a... I was surprised there wasn't voices because all their, their voices were so clear in my head. Oh, sure. From looking at them. Yeah. I, I have all of those voices in there. Yes, yeah. yes. I know what Barrett yeah. sounds like. Yes. Without needing it's a voice your, it's it. your one. Yeah. 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 But you couldn't, like, I couldn't, I could never have, like, tried to project for anyone what that sounded like. Mm. You know, like, I, I, I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have even cast it at that time really it because it like it like i said it was the closest it came to was this is like reading a, a book for me mm. yeah um and you're, you're you so you were 15 you were 14 alan when you first yeah. played it and sarah how old were you uh i came late so i uh i would have gotten it when i was about 15 but i it okay. would have come out when i was like 11 yeah i think i'm okay. getting my years wrong um yeah, yeah i think i Oh shit, I'm 1988, so it was 1997. So I was actually quite young. I was too young for it when it actually landed, mm-hmm. and then I got it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So when nobody, it was sort of a like, oh, you'll be into this, and I've already played it and whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. I got it, and I, I didn't have a place. I was a Nintendo house, only one console. So mm-hmm. it took me until I got a PS2. I must have been 15 or 16. Okay, wow. So yeah. I, I was playing it out of sync with the time that it dropped. You know, I was going back uh-huh. to it, even though... But I guess video games had more permanence then, right? They were like a... That's they a very did. expensive object that you're going to fucking play for a bunch of yes. years. And you're going to give it to your cousin and they're going to play it for a bunch of years, you know? Well, like, oh, yeah. We didn't we didn't know Final Fantasy. It was like the like neighborhood copy. game swap. Yeah, yeah. It eventually made it round, its way around to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same way Metal Gear Solid did and we, we had GTA. So everybody got GTA off us. Mm-hmm. I feel like Final Fantasy VII is oddly similar to Metal Gear Solid. I feel like that there are like coexisting same themes er- there. Same mm. era. Yeah. And I didn't play... I didn't play Metal Gear Solid. I observed quite a bit of it. But I think yeah. it's... I think it's... Um, I think it came about around the same time. I think they were both revolutionary for... for their own reasons but I'm thinking Mm. about this timeline now and we're talking about like what it was like to go online and try and find things about this game and I'm remembering that like I think that's part of what makes this game such a formative experience for me Mm. is because it came into my life right around the same time that the internet did so Mm. and the internet was so small then 
It was. That it was special. It really was. You could get you could get lost in. I really feel terrible for kids now because they have being, to be themselves. Being that public online yeah. is te- is terrible. That you could be fourteen and say something stupid which 14 year olds do and like some 40 year old stranger could dunk on you from across the world about it (laughs) yeah like that's a nightmare to me i would have never i would have never survived i would not have would not have survived tiktok i said no (laughs) no that just wouldn't have happened for me although final fantasy 7 tiktok would have been a real real interesting thing (laughs) I have been I so I I blocked TikTok off my phone. I blocked it off the data in my phone because I was in in December. I was like, we're done here. This is getting fucking weird. It was already weird, and then one day it was like, no, this is a, it got a bit spooky. But I have seen Final Fantasy VII TikTok. Oh, have you? Of I've seen like the wider Final Fantasy TikTok. I've seen video okay. games TikTok. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A lot of very horny cosplay. Like it's just. Of course it is. Really. <laughs> really horny cosplay but let's like, be honest that was a part of our experience that's a part of your experience and yeah maybe when you're 14 you just mm. don't know if you're 14 and a nerd and like gr- went to catholic school you don't know what that means to be horny yeah, <laughs> you don't you yeah. don't you're just like i'm interested in this and i'm going to look at it for a long long time <laughs> i have a long stare yeah, yeah. i have a good long stare at this in my in my in my room alone and like and then i'm gonna think to, about it i'm bunch. just gonna think about Why do I this. feel like this? Who knows? I don't have the, you knows? don't have the language for it at that time. Uh, yeah. uh, These guys really fucking yeah. do have the language, though. I will say that. Um, <laughs> and, and but that's the, the thing. Like, yeah. I, I think I would have been, I think I would have been, I was so, um, I was so shy and so reserved at that point in my life. I was like, not a popular kid. I remember if if you want to really have a sense of how out of touch I was with my own generation at that moment when I was the year, so eighth grade, year before I went into high school, the teacher asked my class, like, who's, what musicians are popular right now? And I was like, oh, I was very quiet. I had no, I realized, I realized I had no idea. And someone in my, I've told this story a few times recently, but someone in my class said, Puff Daddy. And I was like, what made up, who, you made that up. That's not a person. Like, that's, that's not a person. Yeah. But that's how out of touch I was. That and it's that like and I didn't know what South Park was like I was very out of touch and I felt that stuff didn't feel accessible to me and I also didn't feel like I could share what I was interested in and so I think there's like a healthy amount of like shame and internal life that um, <laughs> Final Fantasy really, really accommodated <laughs> like yeah. Final I Fantasy feel like the really anime acceptance has come on a lot yeah in the last like 10-15 years it's a well, fine time it's a fine time it. to be yeah. a nerd <laughs> well when yeah. I was like, when I was a teenager and I was obsessed with anime you went to the special interest section of the video store to find mm. anime videos and that was also the porn section <laughs> like yeah. literally that's what special special interest, special were, interest. was anime yeah. and porn maybe there was a workout video I don't know I loved it and I only had such limited access to it that I sort of yeah. I internalized it in this kind of these little shards you know like mm-hmm. I had a pdf of a bunch of the Sailor Moon comics and I'd never mm-hmm. seen an animated Sailor Moon but I'd seen the, the comics mm-hmm. so I knew what these magical girls looked like but I, I like I knew Saggy was but I didn't know anything else about it until I was much older um, yeah. I, and this, we had weirdly Card Captor Sakura was shown on RTE <gasps> was it on RTE Alan it was on 
for Ooh, a while. It, that was that's our age difference, though. Yeah, that's yeah, after that's your time. Difference. But it was on the I'm telly like, here. My, our age difference is that I'm like six months Just... old for Pokemon. Okay, okay. Point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. I think we're the same age, Alan, and I was definitely. But by the time you came over to Ireland, okay. Oh, like a year or two later, I was gonna say so, I was. Yeah. I was. I remember feeling like this is. I should be looking at music videos or something, but <laughs> yeah. instead I'm doing this. I really um, should be learning the dances, and I simply am not. I, can, I can't. I am, just yeah. learning the poker wrap off. That's what I'm doing. I'm sure this will definitely uh, win me some friends at some point in my life. Talk about yeah. 20 years, but it, man, it, man, it worked, you know. It, um, long game. Long game. Long game. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. It, it, it is more, people are a lot more open and enthusiastic about fan culture now than they were. Mm. And I, I'm grateful for the privacy in which I had so to. So grateful for that. To yeah. grow my interests and to be, mm-hmm. like, and even now when I'm bed into something, I'm just bed into it. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's fine. I will go, I went through two years where I was super like Undertale and I was like, this is mm-hmm. just what I, this is just what I'm doing at the moment for me. Yeah. And I, doing, I, you know, I think that's part of why I didn't play 10 was because yeah. I didn't have, or, or eight or nine. I didn't have room in my heart for another <sighs> obsession of the magnitude of seven um you'd have to install a whole new wing <laughs> a whole new waterfall I don't have space yeah for i that. don't have space for that yeah yeah i have that a lot when i see something and i'm like uh you made this for me did you yeah uh, i'm gonna have to wait a while because i yeah. gonna have to rearrange some shit because i can't watch this because i simply don't have the time i don't have the space for to be to like fall into it the way i need to yeah. um yeah yeah um, well, sometimes you're just like, if I start this, I will never end this. So I need yeah. to wait. I have to wait. So I'm like, certain, yeah. like, yeah. No, yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm curious if you feel the same way. I get to, I often have this habit where I get to the end of a game and I'm like, no, I don't, I won't play to the end because I don't want it to be done. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't. Sarah does. <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> Laugh. This is a whole thing. <laughs> this is a running juvenilia thing. This is, is like, it? and also a running my life thing, where I'm like, I watched all the way up the last episode, but I was just like, nah, man, it lives forever. See you later. Yeah, you like, can't. You just I like, don't, don't want to say goodbye, and so I do. I don't want to say goodbye. It has to. Yeah. With space, we had a, the only time in the whole mm. of juvenilia that I have cried was oh. Alan saying stuff about spaced because uh, I didn't watch the end of spaced. You know? Oh wow! Oh wow! Like I didn't watch. There's a bunch of stuff at the end. I saw the last yeah, episode, in, but I didn't watch all of the after stuff because I was like, no, sure, forever. They just sit on yeah. the couch there's forever. Epilogue, there's an epilogue scene in their yeah. DVD, yes. and I I just said what that was. Not and Burst not really. Sarah was like crying beside me as I was oh. saying it. I felt, I felt very. It was bad. a lot of fun though. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, they're on the sofa I was forever. Like, Luke, come on! What right? The kids. <laughs> I, I yeah. so I'm not a I'm not a Star Wars Luke. person. And I, was I enjoyed like, it. No. It's been ruined for me. I would say it's rare enough that something gets absolutely the pleasure stomped out of it. But yeah. it has been entirely ruined for me by by the discourse and pop culture. I'm like, oh, oh good. Look, that's the thing about like fan culture now is that you can yeah. encounter the fans way before you actually encounter the thing now. Mm. Yes, and, and isn't that like, isn't that it just ruined? Like we, we talked about Rick and Morty and how Rick and Morty has been kind of ruined. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Rick and Morty come out in like 1997, I would just watch Rick and Morty in my room by myself and know everything about it from magazines. Yes, and not encounter a single fan. Yes. To ruin it. I, think, I didn't know yeah. Radiohead fans had like oh. a reputation. Did you? I was an obsessive they? radio. Kind of. I've been like weird and pushy and obsessive. <laughs> yeah, and that's, fair, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, as, as, as a radio. Pushy. 
You yeah. have never been pushy with me about Radiohead. You're so you're no. such a benign Radiohead head. You're brilliant. Exactly, I, and I didn't know, and I was like, I, oh wait, are they talking? I didn't. Is that okay, me? fine. Yeah. My two my two Rick and Morty stories is that I was served a coffee once by a young gentleman who had a pickle Rick tattoo on his arm the same week that I saw that episode, and I was like, oh boy, sir. <laughs> I hope somebody does give you a kiss at some point, my friend. <laughs> uh, and the second thing was the house up the road from us uh, in our old town. We lived on a terrace, a really tight little terrace. It was a house that was like being Airbnb'd up the road from us. And there was a bunch of French people having a party. And two mm-hmm. of them were standing outside the house one night just saying, Pickle Reek to each other <laughs> in the most French voices you can imagine. Like, they were French people, but Pickle Reek. And we went home, we sat down, and in the distance out the window, all we could hear echoing across the terrace was, Pickle Reek. <laughs> so I can't think about or look at Rick and Morty ever again without being like, I feel like you've I used had to live with ideal. a Portuguese guy that lived that was obsessed with Family Guy, and just oh. those American shows just hit different when they're quoted at you by a European accent. I they must. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost wish that that was my experience of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I feel like it's a nice one. Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> it seems but I, nice. I think the fans, the fan thing is, is really interesting because in the time when the internet was just beginning to crack open, where like mm-hmm. you could go and find the tiny corner that you got to visit for a couple of hours every day mm-hmm. and it wasn't like this ambient background sound. Like mm-hmm. it was okay. To, like it, and it also felt riskier to tell people what you're interested in. Do you yeah. Know? Yes. Like it well, felt yeah. more embarrassing or like, like complicated or like, like you were telling people something about yourself, which all which feels obviously so much more high stakes when you're a teenager. Do you know? So high stakes mm. when you're a teenager, especially because these characters were like perfectly aged to be aspirational for mm. a teenager because they're not so old that it's like, again, didn't connect to Kate Sith for a reason, but they're not so old that you don't connect to them, but they're not exactly your age. And so like, it's a very that's a very big thing especially in kids tv is like you make you make the characters just old enough that you can like look up to them but not so not the same age as you um because you want it to still be relatable but you also want it to be aspirational like i said and And you want to give them time to grow into the show as well like there's the same in children's history you give them a couple of years so that like a like a 10 year old wants to read about a 13 year old Right. Yeah, and then yes. they can go on a series of three mm-hmm. books or whatever with that thirteen-year-old and grow up alongside them. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it was just a perfect storm of when that game came out. And there is something very vulnerable. I don't think you know. I, I certainly would have talked to the friend who introduced me to that game about it, but it probably was years before I found. This may surprise you, but the all-girl Catholic school I went to uh, for high school did not have, like, a robust uh, JRPG <laughs> fandom. So oh it, was, it would have been years before I found like-minded people to talk about it with. And so you did get to enjoy it in a very insulated way that, like you said, that privacy, I think, is so... If you're talking about, like, formative media... What a lucky thing to be able to have, mm. you know. I feel Something very so fortunate. Huge. And it's a generous story, you know. There's, yeah. they're, they're like you said about at the beginning about this broadcast and all of the mm-hmm. different people that you can nook yourself away with. 
you know mm-hmm. like that ensemble work is very powerful you know mm-hmm. like i see the way people are with kingdom hearts now and i know some grown people who are like ride or die kingdom hearts and i i try i i find it I, physic- yeah it's a hard game one controls it's- are garbage like sorry to technical <laughs> but that jump is shit like that's a shit jump you're floating in don't the air. let me Bye. jump in a game no like if that's no, the only other physical action i can take like don't don't no it needs to be a perfectly executed mario waist jump or fuck off yes floaty rayman shite right where you're like in the air and the the battle system was garbage and normally that is not something that would bother me but when it's bad it's bad and kingdom yeah. hearts was lined up to be exactly my bullshit yes here it was the yeah. disney here is final <laughs> fantasy 7 you walk into a house in the town that's fucking cloud strife sitting there looking at you yuffie is just hanging like they mm-hmm. the, that cast the wider cast of final fantasy mm-hmm. arrives into this landscape fully realized voiced is it david boreanis does squall like crazy celebrity yes yeah. yes yeah uh, but the game is bad so i couldn't play it that's the end of the story and i know a lot of very dedicated i'm so sorry kingdom hearts fans please don't come for me etc uh, please don't fan cam kingdom hearts to me <laughs> I, I would simply hate it but they I, I understand people for whom it was that thing and the vehemence which which with which they defend the agonizingly convoluted storytelling yes like it, it comes from somewhere very real like you yes. you there is so much happening when I look at Final Fantasy and how for seven and how complicated it is and mm-hmm. how much room for myself I found in there. And mm-hmm. then I look at something like Kingdom Hearts and I'm like, I get it, man. Sometimes you need the opera. Yes. And I I I think there's something so there's something so utterly, unimaginably bizarre and over the top corporate and manufactured about Kingdom Hearts that you kinda oh, yeah. have to respect it. Like like yeah. you got my you got my fucking number like you know you know what i grew up around sell because, me this shit yeah yeah ah. but because of where it came in the pop culture landscape and again in my relationship to the internet i think it just felt too late i i couldn't have that deep a connection to it there was no place for me to disappear and it was a theme park. It was literally a theme park version of Final Fantasy VII. Oh my god, it was. And I, I just didn't want to like. That's where you go to vacation. That's not where you fucking live. Like you could live in Final Fantasy VII, but Midgar like was Hearts, no. Midgar was gross, but it was home. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I grew up in the borough of New York, famous for its garbage dump. So, <laughs> so yeah, Midgar didn't feel like that weird to me no it, it was very authentic relatable. yeah it was very, very real I, yeah. got, I worked in a bar when i was 15 do you know mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. i and I, I i also loved working in the bar when i was 15 so when yeah. i encountered tiff i was like okay yeah you know? like and the there was a the, there was a lot of sadness in in midgar you know mm-hmm. and i think that it was because it was like we mentioned earlier on that the humor is so important and mm-hmm. the lightness and the mistranslations which sort of lend to the humor the what the sort of wonky translations like the levity completely facilitates the darkness yeah like yes. you can only go that fucking dark if you're willing to fe- to end the first movement of the story with a drag show yeah oh gosh yeah you know yeah yeah. The odd dad, 1997. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they like they yeah. obviously they made some changes to it for the the remaster that I have to say like from my point of view seemed very well thought out. I really yeah. liked the changes they made to it. 
Um, and they, they committed to it. That was my thought. They really I was like, did. how the fuck are they going to do that? You know? Yeah. And they really sold it. They really they did. Um, and I mean, who would have known back then that that um, drag culture would have been mm. such a, such a, like, ma- like, not that there aren't pockets of it that aren't still like get to be true to their roots but like it got dragged into the mainstream and now it's just like you can't meet a white woman in her 30s without that doesn't like have a have a drag queen she's obsessed with that i'm just yeah. like we all went through the rupaul industrial complex at some point yeah. we have televisions <laughs> yeah you know yeah, we all have tvs of course i do um, my, my brain is completely broken by it absolutely but, broken by it but know? maybe you were <laughs> but maybe that was your first experience with a drag show as a teenager and you wouldn't have even had language for it like certainly i certainly a, didn't i had a little bit of it in my background because my grandmother was in pantomime and she did a lot of drag oh, cool. so she was like a drag king uh yeah. kind of in the in the pantomimes that she was in she often played the prince or buttons and there was a lot of sort of ambient local theater drag around, but not like drag like supermodels drag like right uh, amateur dramatic mm. drag right yeah so like dame edna was like a thing yeah we yeah, well. yeah like yeah, yeah. we had we had but not like in a right. vi- in a video game <laughs> like, not like lip sync right not like pretend kind of, yeah. to be a woman yeah. so you can sneak <laughs> sneak your way into this cast of other lovely women like not like mm-hmm. uh, miss anthropinopolis was that the one the, the xena episode we did like not like oh, that oh, you know miss anthropolis yeah. you know <laughs> like we hadn't there the miss artifice you know there was that wasn't there for me yet so seeing i guess seeing those scenes within final fantasy 7 especially which were again the back end of the game is heavy fucking going like <laughs> it's not a lot of you know it gets pretty yeah. serious we're like dealing with a lot of ptsd gameplay do you know yeah um, the sky changes color <laughs> yeah like it gets yeah. pretty real it's you're, you're verging on like the pre-apocalypse not the post-apocalypse here you know mm-hmm. um but i think that that opening up on such a bombastic uh it's silly yeah like it's silly it's it's played very lighthearted. it's played it like you know however mishandled aspects of it might have been definitely definitely hugely mishandled but yeah it was it was like it didn't feel it felt like it was like letting you in on the fun of it like like it wasn't like it wasn't a bummer to have to go on this mission. It was like, this is fun. Like, get into it. Make Cloud as beautiful as you can. And Cloud's kind of down as well. Cloud's do you down, know? Cloud's yeah. down. He's a good and that's sport nice. about it. He's a great yeah. sport. And he ends up in yeah. very compromising positions, but he's a great sport. <laughs> and you really got to hand it to him. And I, I think yeah. it's a... So cutting... That's a whole movement. Yeah. And like the fucking golden saucer and like all of that Ugh. first disc, right? Mm-hmm. And then we start to move into the stuff with the ancients and we start to move yeah. towards the heiress's death, which yeah. is landmark in that she doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. So me and Alan have been playing Spiritfarer recently, okay. which is a game just about death. You're the oh, fairy wow. person who moves people through their final requests on your barge, which is also a and b um, <laughs> to death's door and into the other world right so it's stardew valley i do think there should be a dating a dating thing in it for the record mm-hmm. um but it's stardew valley but with death instead of sex it's you know um, wow yeah that's you know how to sell me something <laughs> it's real good it's really sad it's very very good loads yeah. of like big face open weeping and it's fat oh, right wow, wow. but it uh i was gone somewhere and i got really distracted thinking about it oh sorry um <laughs> i'm like oh that's a oh, great but Aaron, but- 
Eris Eris death. Eris death, death, right? Yeah. So yeah. a mechanic in basic gameplay, put the next quarter in the machine, Oop, you know, you have to die so we can take yeah. more of your money, right? So it's like, that's why I think a lot of games have like, that's why I think, I, I think a lot of games have guns because press the button, something happens. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that the death mechanic is something that came out of uh, fucking arcade. It, it, it came out of necessity, right? Yeah. So you think very little of yeeting Mario off a cliff. <laughs> right. Right. Sometimes yeah. you do it for fun just to see. Yeah, just be like, you throw a Yoshi off a bridge to get a higher jump, right? You know, it's <laughs> expendable pixels, right? Right. So the only game I've ever played that actually takes death into the gameplay in a way that is like, profound is spirit fair and and mm-hmm. lo and behold i'm fucking wrong because the first game i played that took game in, the death into the gameplay was final fantasy 7 yes and the game mourns her like the, it oh, gets yeah. quiet afterwards you move through these spaces and there's very little if any music the ambient noise is very quiet like yeah the game goes through a period of mourning this character that was important and also very um new experience game gaming at the time was cloud is initially the you have to control cloud who's about to kill her like you you the only you you the only thing you can do is press the button that makes him get his sword in position to bring it down on her and then he snaps out of it yeah your choices are taken away it's just like it's a very and then use like you were saying using the mechanics of the game the like the actual um buttons that you're pressing to attack to like tell this story beat this is very cool it's just a very it's huge did you know it was coming did you had somebody had had somebody said to you fucking don't be don't be looking for Ares's final fucking limit break man (laughs) don't waste your time and i never got it (laughs) no way that full healing shit nah didn't get near it somebody told me that like you might like her but you don't need to be wasting your xp on her put someone else in your party because she's not going to be there when you need her you know i think if i had gotten i would have like immediately gone back and see like reloaded a save and seen if there was something i could do and then straight on to like polygon and ign going eris live how (laughs) (laughs) yeah then yeah yeah i mean it's it's so at the at the time like i said i definitely had some internalized misogyny and i decided that i hated eris and i was like she just wasn't what I was interested in um doesn't mean that I wasn't you know I'm not a monster at the end of the day I was moved by it is a very moving it is it's surprising yeah yes yeah because you go through so you go through that moment you pull yourself you're able to break out of the hypnosis that cloud is in that is leading him to almost slice her and have with his enormous sword and then you're like okay we're done and then she looks you in the eyes she's looking you in the eyes and then Sephiroth comes out of nowhere and kills her and it's awful and, and her materia leaves her body isn't that it? yeah in that moment that's a really yes. like oh my god it's just going down there with her which is the first thing you see in the game yeah. is yeah. her looking through this materia so it's very beautiful oh. very poetically done at the time i believe it was spoiled for me and i don't remember how it must have been a friend of mine i feel like it was just a thing it. a bunch of people said to each other fucking yeah. eras dies yeah. you know what i mean yeah like, it, it was, was it was thing. like an open secret um yeah. but even the notion of a game having a spoiler kind of is that's a new word yeah yes that's like, a new word yeah. yeah yeah um um so to answer your question I, how did i feel about it i think i was i think i was fine i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate it way more now mm-hmm. um 
the artistry of it and the poignancy of it. And now I, I will say that the that something that I think the remake really did for me that the original game at the time I started playing it didn't do was humanize Eris for me in a way yeah. that I really liked her. Yeah. And that I, you know, the it only takes you through the first act of the game really of the original game the remake and um it really made me like oh god this is gonna suck you know like now Mm. i feel what i imagine i should have felt back then which is like no 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 like i know what's coming and i don't i don't want to say goodbye to her uh at the time i was like bye (laughs) we'll see you later (laughs) look at sephiroth's big sword how cool (laughs) (sighs) big sword great jacket lovely hair just beautiful hair Love to see it. Love that jawline, that nose. Oh my god! Like, what is gender, though? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's. I think fake. Final Fantasy VII showed us that it was bullshit. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, revolution. Yeah. Alan, I'm so curious. What made you decide to start playing it now? I am. Um, I think it's it's kind of a conversation me and Sarah had on Twitter a while ago, uh, where Sarah was like, like, what would you consider like to be like canonical games? Mm. And I was kind of saying, I think if someone like presents themselves as like an authority on video games and hadn't played Final Fantasy VII and Ocarina of Time, yeah, they're kind of bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I, and it's, they were on Switch, so I got five, seven, or seven, eight, nine, and ten were all on sale on Switch. Oh wow! So I, I, so I just got them for like sixty dollars for the four of them. Nice. So now, I, so I'm gonna have Your to take breaks between them. Yeah. Smaller games. That is my summer essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we used to have the you know the, the proper guidebooks, the paper. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, I loved so those. Yeah, I would just read. I, I, I've read those seven and eight, like cover to cover, mm-hmm. and I actually play the games. Amazing. And like, there's a cactus in eight at some point. There's a yeah. giant cactus you can find and fight. This is not. But she carries one around, doesn't the she? Squall. Those are, but it's like a gigantic thing, but like, a hundred thousand hit points. See, now you got to oh, go wow. see it in real life. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII had great stuff like that as well, like the seven 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 hits and like the Knights yeah. of the Round, and it had all yeah. these sort of next level achievements that you could get that would just make it easier for you. No, it was fucking hard, you know. Mm. But the yeah. repetitious nature of the fighting, I think, was cut by the lovely music, like the bangers in it, you know, like oh, it's wall to wall tunes, like. It's so we haven't talked about Red Thirteen at all, but oh, Cosmo Canyon's theme song is my favorite song maybe Banging. in the whole game. I feel like it took me. I, I feel like Red Thirteen was my least favorite because the whole vibe is mm-hmm. very sad. Very sad. Mm. And can I ask, does he have a human grandfather? Oh yeah. What is? Yeah, yeah. 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 He does. Consistent. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how he was a little dog. Just <laughs> a, a a little red setter. Just a puppy. Just a puppy you know? dog Just with a lion around. tail. I don't understand that whole thing. But that's the other that's the other thing is like back then I feel like God I wow I can't believe I just said back then like a fucking old timer but like oh we all we're back all there. then you didn't have yeah, to yeah. know this was before Wicked came out and was like what if we knew everything about the villains like you didn't have to know everything mm. about everything and some things were just what if Cruella Deville's mother was killed by a fleet of Dalmatians <laughs> that's that, where we are point, at this point that's where we are. If you ask, if you were to ask me what is camp, I would tell you it's Dalmatians killing Cruella Deville's mom. <laughs> like I don't, it's, it's not Cruella Deville kicking the door in of this lovely house, smoking a cigarette, being like, "Give me your dogs, I want to make a coat." No, it's the dogs killing her mother. That's camp. That's like the, the I just, real. I just don't. Ugh. It's you all like you gotta you gotta respect. The, hustle. the unstoppable, <laughs> the unstoppable cultural force that is. 
I love Disney. not answering questions about stories though. I get this sometimes with my books and like I, I love that. Yeah. About twice a year I will go to Goodreads to just feel bad about myself <laughs> and to ignore all the things that nice things people say and to be like, who hates it? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come but on. I think there's I think there's but something they say, really great about like inconsistency. <laughs> the inconsistency. Right? Like, I don't I don't actually need to know. Like, I would be really mm. bummed out if someone explained to me why he has a human grandfather. Please don't. Let Please me just don't. wonder. It's okay to just wonder about stuff. And there were plenty of things in that game that were just, that like, you here just you go. to wonder about. Yeah, just wonder. Mm. And, like, yeah. that's the harshest and most consistent feedback I get on my work is, like, mm. yeah, but how? But what? What's happening here? And I'm just like, you did. I make know, up your own nice Isn't it nice to yeah. fucking wonder? Mysteries are fun. Use yeah. your imagination. I trust you. Use your imagination. That's it's your own. Co- it's your own choice. So you one know? of my one of my huge obsessions, which I've talked about ad infinitum, which is why I didn't uh, burden you both with it, is Pride and Prejudice. I'm obsessed with it. When the oh. when the Kira Knightley Joe Wright film came out, I was so insulted that they added a special ending just for us Americans. <gasps> that is at the end of the. So the the original film apparently ends with. Uh, Mr. Bennett giving his consent to for Darcy to marry Elizabeth. In the American version, there's an extra scene at the end where they're just like mooning at each other on like the front lawn of Pemberley, and they're like exchanging pet names, and they've got they've they're married already. And it's like, did you like I I didn't need to see them get married. I this is the I end have, of space with baby Luke, man. Yeah, like, I don't need to know. I don't, I don't need, need to know. To see I don't need to like it's a story if I want to know how something ends I'll I will live my life like let me let me just let there be space for possibility the Mm. moment you the moment you say how something is or why something is you've robbed someone of imagining the possibilities of why those things are the way they are and I think that, and that's storytelling storytelling yeah. leaves room for the listener it yeah. leaves room for the player like not everything has to be definitive right and that's so not, much more respectful of the reader oh, yes a bit of room to think and a bit of a challenge people are people are fucking super smart you know yeah. they they don't need everything to be handed to them they should be allowed to dream up their own versions of the way these things are told i've been watching this tv show that last week called infinity train which oh, is oh like yes it's great seasons. it's great oh, it yeah slaps right it's so yeah. good really good the, the train just fucking goes on forever no yeah. further questions <laughs> snow piercer yeah. the train just goes on forever i don't do you want to know why? I need I'm to sorry. learn about like the how the engineer who invented the train's mother was killed by infinity, Dom- and that's why the train <laughs> never ends. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just like yeah, like cool, like yes. What an exciting premise! Like, show me how that premise can be played with, mm. and that's the thing, like playing with it. And that's Play. and Final Fantasy VII. You played the shit out of that game. That is why mm. it took hours to explore every corner of that game is because mm. you were playing in it. It wasn't telling you exactly how everything had to be. And even and the battles, which yeah. are endless, and you're getting your fucking levels up. When yeah. I'm like there baiting the head off of things, I'm not thinking about them baiting the head off of things. I'm like, And then Cloud turns around to Tifa and he says this. Like I'm telling myself the story of the conversations these guys are fucking having while they're baiting the heads off the frogs to turn yeah. you into a frog so you're caught in the frog matrix. You have to reset your fucking game. Like uh. I, I know. Like, uh, like you're, you're, 
Imagine. What is it, the headband that protects you from being? Oh my God. So there's some item or some like bottle bottle of something that you could keep with yeah. you that unfrogged you. But Maiden's like, kiss. There you go. Maiden's that's kiss. Brilliant. Yeah. Like that's gorgeous. <laughs> that's storytelling. Yeah. Yes. 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 Not because Mrs. Maiden's kiss is fucking ma was killed by a frog. <laughs> so she went down to the well to get a bunch. Do you know what I mean? Like she like, yeah, like created a bottle of her kisses. Like I don't show me the kiss don't factory where they bottle don't. the kisses. Don't, I just accept that you kiss. buy an item called Maiden's Kiss. Like, that's great. David um, Lynch does this thing in one interview where somebody's mm. like asking to explain Twin Peaks and he looks at the camera and says, no. <laughs> and uh, that's sort of part of his wider thing of him being like, you know, when you make a movie, I'm not going to do the David Lynch voice. There's a lot of David Lynch voice in this house. Today. But like, <laughs> when he's like, people ask you to explain the movie or talk about the movie after a movie comes out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the movie. Yeah. The movie is the mm. talking. Yeah. Yeah. The oh, game yeah. I is saw talking. Mulholland Drive in the like the Cinema Society in college. Mm. And I'd seen it already. So I, I went stiffy to see everybody's faces at the end of Mulholland Drive. Oh, that's great. But I bet you every single person remembers their like, conversation they had with their friends after they came out of that film. What does that's happen? so fun. I mean, that's so you know? like, yeah. that's the point to me mm. of, of engaging with this stuff. You know, like, mm. and that's, this is, this is something that like we, when, when Rude Tales first came about, and you know we have a few artists in, in the show that have drawn their interpretations of the characters. Um, I have a version of how I think my character looks. It's always really sweet when I see an artist draw Albie the way I drew Albie because I, I just think that's I think there's something very sweet about that. I also mm. really love when someone draws one of our characters in a way that like I never would have. And we like have made a point early on of saying like there isn't a canonical way these characters look like anything we Mm -hmm. say in the show is canon but like beyond that design them for yourselves and i think there's something really powerful lovely about Mm. seeing how even when even when someone shows me like a drawing of albie where i'm like i never would have that's not what i have in my head when i'm Albie. but like how cool how lucky Mm. am i i feel like as creators like you have to embrace that how lucky are you to Go into See. someone else's head and have yeah. something that you thought mm. come out of their thoughts yes. different. That's oh my such God. a that's such uh, a yeah. lucky thing. Like it is. Gosh. I was gonna ask actually because both of you have kind of made stuff that inspires a lot of fan art. So mm. how, how does like Sarah? How does it feel when you get like drawings of like your other words for smoke characters? Utter sh- utterly fucking shocking. I'm like that book came out two <laughs> years ago. God bless you yeah. for still reading. <laughs> Thank you so much for finding it. And my characters look a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, is the thing they are very Bevan who is the, the protagonist is like she's big and she's got big blonde hair and enormous mm-hmm. and there's a lot of attention paid to her legs because most of the story is told from the perspective of a gay 13 year old so oh. a girl who is just like what is this? this what are these legs but the, the I'm reading this sweet, book <laughs> I'll send you one man uh, the oh. villain sweet James is made of wallpaper and everyone sees the wallpaper different and everyone sees him different and everyone I feel like everyone kind of wants to fuck him and I'm totally that's fine that's good you know he's an Hell owl yeah. he's kind of an owl I don't know what he is he's great fun um, so seeing there, there is a, the book has a lot of pink in it um, so mm. there's a lot of recurring colour work which I like but it mm. always looks different and it always feels like beyond a privilege yes there's a couple of scenes I see I, I see more often than others mm-hmm. and I love how different they look every time it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's amazing it's fucking mm-hmm. amazing and I do podcasting it's very different as well especially with the yeah. way Rude Tales works where there is there's imp- you know it's a game like it's a live yes. play so yeah. there's a su- 
this it's surprising to you guys i would say at certain points too right it is and i and like i mean gosh talk about how formative this this was for me i could never be on a show like rude tales if i hadn't played final fantasy 7 and if it hadn't hit when it did and like i think my years of playing games like final fantasy 7 prepared me for playing a, a character like this and it is really fun to be in a moment where I'm like, well, I, Carly thinks you should do this, but this is what Albie wants to do, and you have That's to do Albie's what Albie wants to do. Yeah. Um, but but seeing seeing the fan art is just like when Branson before the show aired because we've been recording for months before the show ever came. Oh, out, lovely! You're well prepared. Yeah. Yeah. We we uh, Branson and I were like, imagine like we might get fan art. Like, how cool would that be? And it's still. It's so so cool. It's been two years. It's cool every time. I I feel honored and like amazed every time. And there we have some really really sweet listeners who will be like, I can't really draw, but like here's my like, I I might even love those more. Like I just like it's it, it's just, I feel very overwhelmed with like how fortunate we are that we get to create something that affects anybody in any way you know that's just such a lucky thing that's like that's why you do it you 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 do that because you you hope that it connects with somebody and because you were the person who who work had been connected with so there's this sort of full circle-ness of yes i know and thank you for letting the thing that i make yeah be what final fantasy 7 was to me like thank you for making it building an extra mansion with a waterfall <laughs> for me and for the thing yeah. that I do you know yeah. like that's uh, I definitely think in my years as a as a fan and as a, mm-hmm. a play and an intense a person who who lived in, in these games and lived in these worlds mm-hmm. the far the furthest star on the horizon yeah was that maybe something I made would mean that to somebody else yeah. Like that, and you lose sight of that real fucking quick. There are days where you're just like, <laughs> I'm sitting here like punching the head off my next book, being like, oh, I hate this. I hate writing. Writing's terrible. Why does I do this? And then somebody will tag me in something. It doesn't happen every day, but sometimes it'll be like, oh my fucking God, you just drew Bevan. Shit. Yeah. I imagined Bevan in 2013 when I was working That's... at a bookstore, and, she, and she's named after my husband. And like, there's like, you know, like that's amazing. And there she is in your notebook. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm. Like, know. that's just so. That's just so lucky. That's such a yeah. lucky thing to be able to do. It's magic. Um, yeah, and it's like, there's a lot of, um, and this is where I think Kingdom Hearts also kind of like, like rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Is that? Bate. It's it's yeah. There's like the con the you know we can't we can't untangle art and commerce. I don't know how to do it. Uh, I make my living artistically, so it's very tricky to try. The place where art meets capitalism is fucking uncomfortable. It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable, yeah. and like you kind of have to, like you know that's why writing can be a drag is because you're like if I don't I will fucking be homeless and die. Yeah. But like I like I'm not suited. I'm not evolutionarily suited to be out in the wild without like res- like I you know you do it to survive. But yeah, you also do it because you love it. And if you're lucky enough to connect with someone like that's so much more important. Mm. We say this on our Patreon episodes all the time. But like yeah. I know how how I feel about the the 
things that I support on Patreon. So the fact that people yeah. do that for us, yeah, like, is just magic. Uh, it's yeah, it is magic. It's absolutely magic. It's yeah. So it yeah, it's just such yeah. a it's such a kindness to engage with someone yeah. else's work. <laughs> It yeah. is, and to, to and to share, and this is the thing about where the fandom thing comes. It, it comes yeah. back around that somebody would tell you that they like your, what you do, or that somebody yeah. would would cast a vote in the shape of a subscription, or cast a vote for you mm-hmm. and your like success in the shape of buying a book or subscribing mm-hmm. to a podcast. You know that they would say, "Yeah, I'm actually going to do this." There's mm-hmm. a, it's not outside of capitalism, and within it's within patronage, for example, within Patreon. Yeah, like. There's a it, there's something very personal about that, do you know? Like there's a choice that's made there, and I think that that's very moving. Like I use Patreon yes. as well to do zine stuff for my own yeah. like my own little like factory thing that I run, and like I'm spending tomorrow stuffing envelopes full of zines for like 200 people, and I'm like, die, that's touch so something cool. that I get to give to all of you. There's no coronavirus in this envelope. I'm half vaccinated, <laughs> but you know, there's a handing of something, right? And yeah. I think that even whether you're doing it digitally or, or in a tactile way all of us are reaching out to touch something else you yeah know? and when we were growing up we were reaching in towards the television yeah to touch the I edge still of do, the dark. i still do it's at the still edge do. of sitting down right up right up close you know the hem um, of St- sephiroth's coat just like <laughs> the leatherette coat just, just the feather just, of a chocobo is it leather is yeah, yeah, oh yeah. wait we didn't talk about chocobos at all uh, oh I had yes chocobos okay. man chocobos I love are them. my dog is a chocobo i say this all the time <laughs> he he like because he makes we call him like little chicken because he makes like sounds that almost feel like cluck cluck like and like that, that's very that's a very chocobo thing my phone when i have a text makes a chocobo sound Excellent, excellent. Um, the chocobos the, are sort of an in-universe thing with Final Fantasy as well. The chocobos, yeah. re- they recur, and I respect that. I love know? that. And I got real into chocobo breeding because you couldn't fully romance characters, but what you could do could romance chocobos. chocobos. <laughs> you could make the chocobos romance each other. And I had, like, oh, man, I fed them. I lovingly fed them. This was before um, Stardew Valley. That's the thing, man. Like, that's the thing about this game. Before they had, like, full-blown Stardew Valley, like, yes, let me be a farmer for hours and hours and hours. I love that game. You had Gross. Chocobo that, like, that a fraction of this game was dedicated to agriculture. Off to the right trip, you know. Yeah. yeah incredible. Get your greens. Yeah, yeah. Eat your greens. Even from my, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said eat your greens. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Even from, like, my limited experience of it so far, I the sense of exploration in the game where every time I come across something I'm not sure if I'm following the main story or not yeah. and then the main story happens to me and I was like oh. okay this was where I was supposed to go but I didn't know that was where I was supposed to go magic this that's pretty. pure luck that I'm here isn't yeah. that fun yeah. yeah it's so fun yeah, yeah. I mean a directionlessness is it, that's, that's mm. good the, the, the tree of storytelling is so clever and broad but it always mm-hmm. softly funnels you to mm-hmm. where you need to be but it's mm-hmm. not quite as audacious as you should go over and talk to fucking this person. It's not uh, signposted in a way that feels obvious, but it is signposted. And it's, that's good writing. It's good storytelling. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the chocobos are fantastic, man. And they're lovely looking little chickens. They're so, they're like, pretty. Yeah, yeah, they're just big, pretty chickens. Long legs. <laughs> Love it for them. Long legs. I'm not attracted to the chocobos. I want to make that clear. <laughs> I did just objectify them, but I'm not attracted. Somebody to them. is going to get down in Final Fantasy VII, right? And if it has to be Someone chocobo, has it has to. to be chocobo. This energy has to go somewhere. And if we're going to get into like, it's look, I'll make a profit off it in the end. The bracing is great. It'll happen. It'll be great. I uh, I used to save my game, and then you'd go, you'd save your game right outside of the chocobo uh, uh, farm. You'd go in. 
you'd feed the greens. You'd be like, okay, I want to breed these two chocobos. And then you'd wait. The screen would go black. And then you'd hear the, the whistle, like the little, the little chocobo sound. And then you would see your bouncing chocobo baby. They, didn't, they gave birth to live chocobos. I guess there were no eggs. And, <laughs> yeah, and you were like, is it the right sweet. color? Is it, did it work? Is it the uh, right the color? Did I get the kind I wanted? Like, it was very cool. And then the green ones could go on mountains and the blue ones could go in the water. Ugh, amazing. <laughs> and then that was within like, games. Like a whole that was just a whole other if you got the right color that meant that you could travel um to a new area new of the area. map that you hadn't even seen yet and like there was a new little pocket of story for you to find there it's just like and you the would game never rewarded know. you you would literally you know? for, for persisting right you would literally yeah. never know if you didn't stick around to try it out you would yes. never know yeah. so it, it the reward system is subtle but huge huge yes. Yes. And it leaves it up to you, yeah. you know, to just yeah. be like, figure it the fuck out. Hang out with yeah. Chocobo, see what happens, you know? And <laughs> just that's, see. Just see. And I think there's less of that now. There's far less. And to be honest, I'm terrible because like, if I get stuck somewhere, I'll be like, fucking game FAQs, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh, I mean, that value update dropped. I was like, where the fuck do I get all these golden walnuts and ginger oil? Come on, <laughs> come on, I want to see it, you know? Like, I'm, I'm guilty of, of, of being a poor explorer in my old age, you know? Yes, same. But but I think that's also part partly because, like, you don't want to miss anything because you mm. know that they've, like, laid out this buffet for you and you want to try to sample everything. everything. Mm. And how, yeah. do you, how do you make sure that you you're not missing out on any of it like that's the greatest yeah. invention of computer games in the last 10 years is the hero's path in breath of the wild oh gosh you I just press a button it. and it shows every single place you've been it just traces out your path your whole the entire map yeah so i was i was there going well, i haven't been there yet so i'll just fly over to there and then see the line fill up all around there and go okay i've definitely covered that area that's I've great de- i've always definitely seen that that's Jeez. great i love it yeah yeah you gotta yeah especially when it's an expansive map the way breath of the wild mm. is like help me out here <laughs> and with the reboot for final fantasy 7 it's like we'll probably never see that full thing you know like but the reboot yeah. is a very clever interpretation of rebooting that story it is, um, it's, it a, is. it's a kind of a cop out if you will uh it's a bit of a cop out i believe <laughs> i was kind of like oh that's very fucking convenient um but also <laughs> the game took a million years and looked super expensive and i'd say a lot of people's lives were made very hard by making that game it's very triple a right it um, is yeah yeah so the scope yeah. of midgar and that three disc 80 hour intensity replicating that at the steam that a ps5 mm-hmm. goes at fucking no way dude that's six years eight years like that's like that's we're never gonna see that so god I would that's love so to see true a Midgar <laughs> with the hero's path i would love to see everywhere that i went but i'm never gonna yeah. i mean that's yeah. fine it lives in the that's midst fine. of my memory you it's know? for the it's for the it's for the youths <laughs> it's for the babies <laughs> it's for the All babies the little stripes. <laughs> i'm not having children so let them let the world have this when i'm gone <laughs> Like, yeah, this is a good legacy to have, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not my legacy, but I'll I pretend to own it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. part of it. The person, I'm part of it. I think it is. I think the love of it becomes part of your part, part of, and your influences and where you are. You know, it's all part of the bigger puzzle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh know? my goodness. Just, okay. Ugh. We've talked for a very long time. I was gonna say it's been like I'm two sorry. hours, my guys. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like I. I, oh don't yeah. apologize oh, great. Yeah. don't apologize do we haven't 60 hours we're gonna we talk about it a, for as long we haven't done a bumper one in so long I feel like the last bumper one we did was Stephen King so I think that oh, wow. Final Fantasy 7 requires this oh deserves it scope yeah, yeah. and thank you so much for being so generous with your like whole 
thoughts and emotions on it thank you so much for this this is slapped i've thank just you. had the yeah. most fun this has been so yes. so great i mean yes yeah please plug all your stuff plug your stuff where can sure. i find you i will plug my stuff so you can find me on twitter um regrettably at whirring blender uh and um it's the same on instagram um you can watch bird girl bird girl did have their final episode for the first season um, on Adult Swim, so you can watch that online, I believe. At Adult, if you have if you have a cable subscription, I don't know how it is in Ireland. In the U.S., if you have a cable subscription, you can watch it online, um, or you can just I bought it on iTunes. Um, but Bird Girl is great. Such a wonderful team of people worked on that show. I really loved it. Um, and then Rude Tales, my babies. Um, where we're at of underscore rude on Twitter, uh, rudetales.com, and you can listen to us in, I think, most podcast apps. Um, and we release an episode every two weeks. Um, and we have a Patreon where you can listen to all sorts of, like, we do one off games. Uh, we have a series called Talking About that like releases like once a month where we talk about something we're really obsessed about, which is why I was like, oh, yes, I'm very excited to do Juvenalia. This is why I, I, I was like, I have to ask a Rue Tales person because I, <laughs> when I heard talking about it, I was like, okay, well, they're obviously very good at this. <laughs> Thank so. you. Yeah. yeah, so our Patreon is um, patreon.com slash Rue Tales of Magic. Um, Please listen. We have so much fun making this show. It is and so much fun. It is so yeah. funny. It is so Thank good. You. There's a crow called Stir Fry. Oh, which is something yeah. I, that just, my heart, you know, it's it's a wonderful cast and a wonderful, uh, it's a great adventure. I, I really like it. I think it's it's a, it's you. cracking. It's uh, filled you. a big, a big empty RPG shaped hole in my heart. Um, <laughs> so hard recommend from me. Thank you. Sarah, where can we find you? Oh, also regrettably on twitter.com uh, <laughs> at Grifsky on Instagram at Sarah Grifsky please release me from Twitter please come and hang around with me on <laughs> benign bucolic hellscape of Instagram instead I have two animals they're both great you should look at them there um, you can find me in all good bookstores uh, Spare and Vampires is my first book in other words for Smoke is the second and if you like zines you can follow my zine adventures on Patreon at Zine Club um, Alan what about you? Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire everywhere that's all I do, this and that. Um, Juvenilia is Juvenilia's got under, underscore pod on Twitter, Juvenilia pod on Instagram. Uh, thank you, Dee McDonald, for our artwork. Thanks, Dee. Including our definitely not cloud in our artwork. Beautiful. Definitely uh, not cloud, yeah. Definitely yeah. not. Uh, we have a Patreon. We have a new thing called Started Finished on our Patreon where we talk about what we started and finished in the last two weeks. Oh, that's great. That. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, it's structure. It's good. Structure. Yeah. Uh, we do well with structure. Yeah. Yeah, we need to, we mm-hmm. crave structure. Yeah. Uh, and we are a Tall Tales podcast. So listen to some other Tall Tales podcasts if you have an urge to. I've been back on the creep and dive today and I'm like, man, they are fun. They're doing a great job saying some weird shit mm-hmm. out there. So if you like weird <laughs> shit, listen to the creep dive. I'm not going to elaborate any further than that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you again, Carly Minardo. Thank you so much, Carly. Thank you, Alan and Sarah. Yeah. I had so much fun. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. See Bye. you then. Bye.